Children of God, welcome back to another episode from the Storyteller. We're 14 days into 2020. How are you doing so far? You had your reminders last time. And I ask you to go back over some of the previous episodes. How are you doing? Have you done the assessment? Have you gotten back with the Lord to say, Lord, how am I doing thus far? It's needful that you do that. Ask yourself today, this evening, tonight, during your lunchtime, on your break, Lord, how am I doing? with you. I'm 14 days in. Hallelujah, Jesus. How am I doing? Listen, many things in the world have changed and are forever changing. But one thing will not change, and that's his word. The Bible says that heaven and earth will, didn't say it may, it will pass away. But my word shall never pass away. We're in the midst of a lot of changing things. We're in the midst of people changing, things changing, change all around us. But God's word is steady, it's constant. It's a staple. But you got to add something else to that. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Is God's word in your heart? Is it there? Precious children of God, that word has to be in your heart. Remember I said to you last time, get it off of your wall. Get it off all your shirts. Take it off of all that stuff. Put it in your heart. Tell yourself right now, God, I didn't do it like she said last time. The storyteller reminded us to get rid of all those writings, get rid of all those scriptures plastered everywhere in my house. I've got to plaster it in my heart. I've got to seal it in my heart. With all the things that's changing in the world, I've got to make sure that that unchanging word of God is sealed in my heart. Give God some praise right there. We are plagued today with a multiplicity of spiritual phrases. Phrases everywhere, I call them mantras. That's what they are, they're mantras. Some smart person designed this thing called mantras. And mantras are these non-spiritual phrases designed to take your attention from the words of God, the true words of God, the divine words of God, the meaningful 
words of God. We are plagued in our churches, on our jobs, in our homes, everywhere with these non-spiritual phrases. So, and all these things do, the purpose is just to dupe you. To dupe you, to keep you from writing that word on the tables of your heart, the true and living word, the word of God. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm puzzled a little bit about why it is that we can grab a hold to all these new unscriptural phrases and yet we can't grab a hold to the Word of God. See, with a mantra, that's something that you repeat over and over again until it really gets in your spirit. And they're designed for you to repeat them and repeat them and repeat them. They're designed for you to meditate on them. That's what they're uh, designed for. But then so is God's word. But you won't affirm that. You won't use God's word and allow it to to motivate you. You say things like, well, the word is too hard to understand. Well, come on now. How is it these mantras that you never knew before are so much easier for you to understand? And you can grasp that. You can grab a hold to that. You can get a strong hand on that and live by it. You do it every day. But you can't get a strong hold. You can't wrap your mind around God's word and say, Holy Spirit, give me the understanding. First of all, you don't even ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand these unscriptural phrases. You don't ask anybody to help you understand them. You hear them, and there you go, running after them. You grab a hold to them. Um, and some of these phrases are, um, God is good all the time. And then somebody else say, and all the time, God is good. And every year there's a new one. There's a new one coming out. We're going to another level. It's time to level up. We have so many of these things that we repeat that some smart person designed for you. We can't continue to do that. Like I said, we're 14 days in now. So ask yourself, how many of these new things have I grabbed a hold to? What new phrase is out now that I've latched on to? Listen, again, I have to ask you, why is it so easy that we can grab those things, that we can grasp it? And we can make that a part of our conversation. But we can't do that with the word. Mantras are almost like hypnotism. If you say it enough times, you believe it. We say it all day. We say it on our break. In fact, we run out just to have a break. Just so that we can repeat those mantras. I've got to level up. I've got to go to the next level. 
God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Go in and tell somebody God is good. And make sure they repeat it back to you. Yes, sister. Yes, brother. And all the time God is good. Listen. Determine in your heart, purpose in your heart. Make up your mind that you're going to find your peace in God's Word and not in unscriptural phrases, not in great swelling words. These words that you're latching on to, these things are created by man. So you got to ask yourself, children of God, why is it I grab a hold to every wind and doctrine that blows my way? You got to make up in your mind that you're no longer going to be tossed to and fro, waiting on the next new phrase to come along, to toss me this way and toss me this this way. Because by the time you learn one, by the time you get your mind wrapped around one mantra, uh, mantra, I almost want to say monster because that's what they are. By the time you get your mind wrapped and fixed around that, another new one is coming out. Read Ephesians 4, 14 about being tossed by every wind and doctrine. Those things are designed to have you double-minded, have you going back and forth, not sure what you believe, not sure what God is saying to you. And remember, these are not scriptural things. These things were made up by some clever person to motivate you because they know that you're going to say, I don't understand God's word. Well, here's this uh, guy called the devil that says, but I have something for you that you can't understand. I know God's word is too hard, but let me give you just a short little phrase to hold on to. The Lord said to Joshua in the Bible, he told Joshua to meditate on his word day and night, not clever phrases. He said, meditate on my word day and night. That was the positive affirmation that he gave to Joshua. That's the positive affirmation that he's given to you and I. If you want to be successful, if you want to prosper, meditate on my word day and night. He didn't say turn seven times. He didn't say get to the church quickly so you can turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor something or have your neighbor tell you something. He didn't say Run around the church seven times and then leap seven times. He did the word of God. Did not say that. He said, meditate. He said, man of God, you're going you gonna to be in war. You got some warfare coming up against you. 
And I've already ordained that you will be successful wherever your feet tread. Whatever you put your hands to, I feel God. Whatever you put your hands to, Joshua, be strong, be courageous. In fact, be real courageous. Because I, Lord God, I have a perfect plan, a divine plan for your success. And here it is. Meditate on my word day and night. Let it not depart from your mouth. Let it not depart from your heart. That's the affirmation. Tell yourself, get out of your car. Park along the highway. Get get real close off the highway. And look up toward heaven and say, God, you love me enough to give me a a pre-planned affirmation. All I have to do is just meditate on your word day and night. That's my affirmation. It's God ordained. I didn't have to pay a price for it. He already paid the price. All I have to do is just meditate on what he did for me. Meditate on who he is to me. Meditate on where he's taken me. Meditate on the fact that he said, Lo, hey, Jesus, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Always. And I'm with you all the way. Hallelujah, Jesus. So I don't need a man-made, unscriptural phrase to motivate me. I've got his word. You have his word. Listen, you ever wonder why your life still looks the same? Here you are in 2020, and nothing has changed. You still begging God and crying to God about the same thing you begged and cried to him 10 years ago. You're still stuck right there in that place. You ever wonder why? Is it possible that you're listening to too many voices? Is it possible that every year you're waiting for the new phrase to come out? And you're not meditating on his word? His word is not hidden in your heart? Thy word, God, have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. The new year, like I said, we're 14 days in. And you've already started repeating the new mantras like those things are scriptures. Those are not scriptures. Amen. Are you with me? I believe in God this year. That he would take pastors back to the place of doing what he called them to do. Pastor, prophets, preachers, evangelists, preaching evangelists, teachers. God gave you an assembly and he gave pastors, he gave that assembly to you. 
gave it to you. You're the one that's supposed to turn to the people and preach to them and tell them what thus said the Lord. Not a neighbor sitting next to them. This is your assembly that God gave to you. He said to Peter, after Peter had messed up, he said, if you love me, Peter, he said, do you love me? He asked him, he asked the question, do you love me? He said, and feed my lamb. Peter told him, yes. He said, if you do, if you do love me, I've got some little lamb out there. Then feed them. Feed them from my table. Feed them my food. You feed them, Peter. He, then he asked him again, Peter, do you love me? And it sounded like Peter got a little agitated with the Lord. Lord, you know I love you. Really, Peter? Well, if you love me, then feed my sheep. You do it, Peter. He asked him again. Peter responded the same way. And then the Lord responded the same way. If you love me, feed my sheep. You feed them. Pastors, you do the feeding. Preachers, when you're preaching, you feed them. Preaching evangelists, when you're preaching, you feed them. Teachers, when you're teaching them, you feed them. Stop today. Telling them to turn to their neighbor and have the neighbor tell them anything. The neighbor, these are not the neighbor's people. The Lord did not give the word to the neighbor. The neighbor is there to be fed. Pastors, listen to me. The neighbor didn't come to preach. The neighbor doesn't know how to preach. The neighbor doesn't know how to prophesy. Come on. How does that sound? Even as I'm even as I'm saying it right now, how does that sound to you in your ear? Telling a stranger. You're gonna help me preach today. Come on with that, those unscriptural phrases. You're gonna help me preach today. That's tomfoolery. Stop it. What do they know to preach? You just playing games in the house of God. The house of prayer for all people. God's institution. God's body of Christ. And you're playing there? You're playing like a preacher? That's nothing but hype. That's nothing but worldly hype. A worldly performance. Turn to your neighbor. And the neighbor just got to church in the hopes that they will get a word. That somebody, that the preacher, they came to hear the preacher. Listen, you better get this. I'm so serious about this today. They came. The neighbor walked in the house of God to hear a word. They're not, they have not even gotten saved yet. They are unbeliever. And you tell from, from, the, from the holy pulpit behind the sacred desk, you have the audacity to tell an unbeliever 
to turn to somebody and prophesy to them and say, God is good and God is good all the time. Well, I'm not so sure I even believe that. That's what the neighbor's saying. The neighbor's, you can't see the neighbor because you're so busy into yourself. The neighbor's frowning at you like, I don't know whether that's true or not. I'm here to find out how good he really is. I don't even know him like that. And you telling me I just walked in the door. (laughs) Jesus. In fact, some of them didn't even change clothes. They just got home and decided I'm going to the house of God today. And you're going to tell them to turn to somebody and give them a word from God? You better stop it. Do I sound serious? Pastor, do I sound serious? Prophet, do I sound serious? So stop it. The Lord said, you turn to the people and preach to them. Prophet, you turn to the people and prophesy. You do the work. You do it yourself. And and listen, as quiet as it's kept, people are sick and tired of you telling them to turn to somebody. Haven't you noticed, preachers, that they don't even look at them anymore? They just speak it out there in the atmosphere because they're like, I don't even like people like that. Don't Don't you know that people have a hard time even sitting close to somebody? Don't you know that in 2020, people have a hard time with people even touching them? With them touching or or being touched? Don't you know that people have a difficult time with that today? I don't like anybody to look me in, in my eyes. I don't like anybody sitting that close to me. I don't want to go eyeball to eyeball with anyone telling them about what God said. I don't want to do any of that. I came for you to preach to me, not for me to preach. You telling me to preach? Come on. You do the work. You do the work yourself. If you were paying attention, preacher, pastor, if you were paying attention to the people, you would have seen that People were sitting there with their cell phones on, texting, watching video games, playing games on their phones. If you were paying attention to the people, if souls were really the main thing, you would see that they're in no position to turn to anybody and tell them anything because they're on their phones talking, texting. But here you go, you get happy in yourself, you get happy in your preaching, you love hearing the sound of your own voice. So there you go, turn to your neighbor. You want everyone to turn to your neighbor and repeat what you just said. And the person that's being turned to looking at the neighbor like, you're not telling me anything. I'm sitting right here by you, and you've been on your phone the whole time. 
You've been playing games on your phone the whole time. You've been texting on your phone the whole time. And now the pastor has the unmitigated goal, the audacity to want you to preach to me. And I'm sure a lot of your people probably saying to themselves, I have a good mind to just walk out of here right now. But I have too much respect for God to just get up in the middle of the service and walk out. But by right, listen to me, but by right, they should walk out. They should have enough holy boldness to say, this is not the church for me. This pastor has no discernment. He didn't discern anything. Because the fact that he told somebody that's been texting all morning long, that's been playing games on their phone all morning long, the fact that he did not see that, and now he wants them to prophesy. Prophesy is sacred. That's a spiritual gift. The gift of prophecy. That's a spiritual gift. Which, of course, is different from the office of the prophet. And you want somebody like that to prophesy? If I was bold, I would just get up. If I knew the Lord well enough, I would say, I would do a quick prayer and say, Lord, is it okay for me to walk out of here and let you send me somewhere where the word is being preached, where the pastor is not a game player, where he's not an entertainer, where he's not loving on his own word and just being hyped by the sound of his own voice? Ah, oh, Jesus. Pastor, if that's you, I pray that you will listen today. And I'm going to go back to my old phrase. If the shoe fits you today, wear it. Don't get mad with the storyteller. If this is your shoe, then slide your foot down in that thing. And then slide that other foot down in the other shoe. And stand up in those shoes and say, Lord, it's me. The storyteller is talking about me. It's not the pastor down the street. It's not the pastor that came from out of town. It's not the one that I saw on the TV. It's me standing in the need of prayer. I need to fix some things. God, I'm 14 days in. And here I am, still doing the same thing. Still hyping the people. Still preaching and teaching over their heads. Still getting our own feel good. Still being mesmerized by my own voice. Tell yourself I know better. And now that I've been told, I'm going to do better. Listen, 
Let me take you to another place. Sometimes we have last stops in our lives. When Jesus was on his way to the cross, he stopped by way of blind Bartimaeus. That was his last stop. That was, a, that was a blind man's last chance. The young ruler, the rich young ruler, that was his last chance. God was on his way out. He was on his way out of here. He was not going to go back again. He was not going to double back to talk to that young rich, that young rich ruler again. He told me, he said, come follow me today. The ruler, the rich young ruler started talking about all his stuff that he had. But if you notice, if you go back and read, I'm not going to go over with you today. I'm not doing Bible study. Go back and read that. And notice how the Lord didn't say, well, I'll come back on my next stop. And we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. He didn't say, I will send my disciples to talk to you. That was that, was that man's last chance. Listen, there are some people, pastors, listen, wake up. There are some people that, that come into your church. And that's their last stop. Your church is their last stop before committing suicide. And you have the nerve to play games, play dancing games. One, two, three, go. You got a few seconds to get your dance in. You have the nerve to play games And this person ran into your church because today is going to be over for me. If you don't give me something today, I'm out of here. I'm trying to make a decision. I don't know God like that. But I came here in the hopes, Jesus, that you would tell me something to change my mind. Your your church is my last stop. Come on, Pastor. They came in there as a a last-ditch effort, hoping that you would tell them something. But all you did was play dancing games. All you did was dance, 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 dance all night. All you did was play running games. Have them running around the church. Run seven times. Run for your blessing seven times. All you did was have them getting up and sitting down, getting up and sitting down. All you did was having them digging into their pockets, deeper and deeper into their pockets, talking money, talking money, talking money, begging for money, begging for money. All you did was tell them to have the neighbor do the work for you. Turn to your neighbor. Turn to this neighbor. You turn to that neighbor. Shake your neighbor's hand. Hug your neighbor. 
You did all of that foolishness. And here was someone on their last stop. Your church. Your church was their last stop. I hope I'm getting to you today. Because God is, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. And God is tired of all of it. And he anointed me and called me to this podcast. He called me the storyteller. I didn't give that name to myself. I didn't give this work to myself. He said, tell them. Because they're in the midst of it. They're too busy doing it to see that I'm tired of it. That it's a stench in my nostrils. It's an abomination. Fooling people with cancer. Run seven times. Leap seven times. Turn seven times. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor I'm healed. Well, let me tell you something. It doesn't come that way. I told you early on. Yes, God is the great physician. Yes, he is a healer, for real. But many times, he uses certain conditions, certain infirmities. He uses trials and tribulations to do a work in us. One way or another. Either to draw us closer, to get our attention, to be a testimony of who he is. To let God know, God, you can trust me. Whatever you lay on me, you can trust me with it. As long as you're with me. I just need to know that you are with me. Your word said, lo, I'm with you always. Your word said that you will never leave me nor forsake me. So whatever you do, hallelujah, Jesus. That just that just a praise. That was just my praise. That was just my hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. That was just mine. Yours may be in another language. Yours may be something else. But that was just me praising. Listen. We're 14 days in. Children of God, we are 14 days in. How are we doing? When you tell somebody to turn to your neighbor and tell the neighbor something, and then you you tell the neighbor, now you turn to them, that neighbor who may be an unbeliever, who may be a backslider, who may be a Christian, but that neighbor is wondering, what kind of church is this? I don't even know this person sitting next to me. I'm not a preacher. I don't even know what I'm saying. Why am I doing this? Can someone tell me, why am I doing this? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is good. How's that sound to you? 
if you are the neighbor and you just got to that church and, and, and the preacher, the pastor, the prophet said to you, turn to your neighbor and tell, tell your neighbor it's going to be all right. How do you feel saying that? And you just got there. I don't know that preacher like that. I don't know that church uh, uh, body like that. I don't, and I certainly don't know my neighbor like that. And, and I'm not sure why you're making me lie in church. Because I don't know that it's going to be all right. I'm here because it hasn't been all right for me. That's why I'm here. <laughs> to see if I can understand this God that has not made it all right for me. I need to understand that piece. And here you got me telling a lie in church. I don't know any of those things. I don't even know if I believe in that. Hype. That's nothing but hype and entertainment in the house of God. And you're involving somebody and a lie. In case you forgot your job, that's my job as a storyteller to remind you. In Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 13 through 15, you can read that for yourself. The Bible talks about the fact that in order to call on the Lord, you need to know enough about the Lord. You're there to hear the word. And the Bible says, hear the word, but how can they hear without a preacher? Now listen to this. And tie this into the neighbor, the stranger that the pastor just told you to listen to. The Bible says, how can you hear the word of God so that you can believe in him and believe on him? How can you hear without a preacher? Well, the stranger is not a preacher. And then how can... The preacher preach, except he be sent by God. Pastor, you know this scripture, Romans 10, 13 through 15. You know it. The people need a preacher. The people need a preacher, a sent preacher, not the stranger sitting next to their neighbor who has been made to stop texting to become a preacher and a prophet. The Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? The person sitting next to them is not a preacher. They are not the set preacher for that house. How can they preach except they be sent? And you know the rest of that scripture. So aren't you doing contrary to the word of God? They can't call on the Lord. They can't believe in the Lord. 
unless they hear the word. And they can't hear the word without a preacher. The people need a preacher, not the neighbor sitting next to them. Am I driving this home for you? Not a pure stranger. Not the stranger that's sitting next to me that's still smelling like smoke. That still got the smell of alcohol on them. Which is fine. We want them in the house of God. That's where they're supposed to be. In the house of God. Come on in the house of God. Whether you've been smoking all night or drinking all night. We want you in the house of God. So that you can hear. Listen to me. So that they can hear the word. Not preach the word. Not prophesy to anybody. So that they can hear the word. Because the preacher is already here. Are you the preacher? Come on. Is the preacher in the house? I'm asking you right now. Is there a preacher, a real preacher in the house? If you are a real preacher for that set house, then preach yourself. You preach. Don't make the people work. Stop making the people work. God said, I sent you. Now, maybe the problem is you're preaching and you are not sent. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the root of why we have so much hype in the church. Why we have so much entertainment. Maybe that's what it is. Now, if you are not sent, then, of course, you're going to do all those, all those things. You're going to be into yourself like that. But know this. You need to repent of that. And go and sin no more. Because you need, you're shortchanging the people. You're shortchanging the people that came to get a word from a sent pastor. A sent preacher. A sent prophet. People have had it with turning to their neighbor, saying anything, and having the neighbor turn to them. Look at their faces. Preacher, pastor, look at their faces. Look at the faces of the people when you say turn to your neighbor. As I said before, don't you see that they barely look at each other? Because they're not there to preach to each other. You do your job. Let the people hear. Give the people something to receive. To hear and to receive. In the the book of Acts, the second chapter, verse 41, Peter preached. And the Bible said that the the people heard him. And gladly received him. They gladly received the word. They heard and received. They heard and received. And then, according to the scripture, they had a, they had thousands of people added to the church. Because the people gladly, they were not too tired from getting up and getting down, getting up and sitting down, getting up. They were not too tired from running 
all around the church. They were not too tired from hollering and screaming and falling out. They were not too tired from all of that stuff to hear, to gladly hear and to receive the words. And God added, (laughs) God added to the church. Now, if you are really about souls, if you really want to have souls added to your church, then stop entertaining and just preach the pure word. Stop using new mantras every year. They're nothing but catchphrases. Just give God's word. The word of God is no hype. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's the word that God gave to you to give to the people. That's the word. Give God's word. Do your job. I'm coming back with part two real soon. If you believe this, if you, re- if you gladly receive this, then give God some praise. And if the shoe fits you, wear it. If it doesn't, if you're not doing these things, if this is not your bad behavior, then may the Lord bless you real good. Until we talk in a few minutes, I am the storyteller. God bless you.